Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down with Robin Treasure to talk all about heart-powered sales. Now, maybe you're like me and you're hearing the word sales and you want to run. I don't have the greatest confidence. Or maybe you're thinking, does this even relate to me? I don't have a direct sales role. Well, whether we realize it or not, we actually are all in the business of influencing. And in my conversation with Robin today, she gives some great feedback out of her book, Heart Powered Sales, on how you can approach sales with heart, intuition, and emotional intelligence. But before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit more about Robin. Robin Treasure is a sales trainer, a sales coach, and a number one best-selling author of the book, Heart Powered Sales. Grow your sales exponentially with emotional intelligence and intuition. Robin worked in the functional medicine space for eight years as a health coach, top performing sales rep and mentor. And she now coaches and trains sales professionals in the healthcare industry. Robin teaches others how she grew her annual revenue as a rep by more than 10 fold to a multi-million dollar territory in the span of just five years for an industry-leading manufacturer of nutritional supplements. Robin is also a multilingual world traveler who has lived abroad in several different countries. After a successful first career as an Italian translator, she transitioned into sales with the key transferable skill needed in any capacity, in any language, which is emotional intelligent communication. So enjoy the conversation as Robin and I talk about heart-powered sales. Hi, everyone. Jen DeWall is so excited to be joined here on The Leadership Habit with Robin Treasure. We are going to talk about your book, your new book, Robin, Heart-Powered Sales. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jen. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh my gosh, me too. And I love your energy. I love your message. I know that we're going to have a great conversation. And you're talking about a topic that I am afraid of. I'm just going to be honest. Mm. I don't consider myself a salesperson. I don't consider myself a good salesperson. I consider myself a talker, which then I think people think maybe she is good at sales, but no, no, no. I have a lot of that head trash when it comes to sales. But before we get into talking about your book, I just want to know, and I want you to share with our audience a little bit about you and how you even came to be, how you came to write this book. Mm -hmm. So take it away, Robin. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I will tell you that I can relate to those feelings of you know, I'm not a salesperson. I don't even, you know, I'm no good at it. Um, for many years, I had those exact same thoughts. Sales is a second career for me. My first career, I was an Italian translator. Um, if we have time, we could talk a little bit more about that. But essentially, when I came into my second career as a salesperson, I came to it because I was passionate about health and nutrition. And being passionate about health and nutrition, I had my own health coaching practice for several years. And then I came to learn of an opportunity to be a B2B sales rep for a company that made high quality nutritional supplements, selling those supplements to healthcare practitioners who would use them in their practices to get better clinical results with their patients and also to add another stream of revenue to, to their practices. And you know, at first, when I learned of this opportunity, I was very hesitant about it. I said things exactly like you just said. I'm no salesperson. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't enjoy that. But someone helped to put it into perspective for me, which is this is about you showing up and being of service and helping 
healthcare practitioners. And that changed everything for me. And I thought, I can do that. You know, I'm passionate about this subject matter. I love to help people. I love to show up and serve. And that was the beginning of a very successful five years in B2B sales as a sales rep. Um, I, when I started, I, the annual, the annual revenue in my territory was $220,000 at the end of five years, it was $2.8 million. Wow. So I more than 10 X the territory in the course of those five years and all along the way, it felt joyful. It felt easeful. It, it, I made people happy. I had healthcare practitioners telling me, you know, you're the best rep ever. And so what inspired me to start writing the book is my thoughts each day of like, well, what, what is it that I'm doing that's making this work? What is it that I'm doing that makes this feel successful and easeful and joyful? Um, and of course, with hard work too. I, I don't want to give the impression that I wasn't working hard. I was working very hard, but it was, it felt good. It felt natural. It felt, um, you know, it just came naturally to me. And so what inspired me to write the book was realizing that there was a bit of a process and a system that I was putting together in my own way. And a lot of it was based on emotional intelligence and intuition and allowing myself to feel guided each day by my intuition, but also having a real system in place, rolling up my sleeves, doing the work and connecting to people with emotional intelligence. And that was the thread that connected back to my first career as an Italian translator. It's all about emotionally intelligent communication. And sales is really about communication and service. Yeah. So that's how I came to be. And, and in you know putting that all together, I felt very compelled and excited to write. I love to write. So I wrote the book and published it. So who was this for? Like when you were writing it, who did you have in mind that you wanted to pick up this book? Mm -hmm. So this was primarily for colleagues of mine in my same field. So in the field of what's, what's known as functional medicine or root cause medicine, it's a very special form of, of healthcare that really gets to the root cause and nutritional supplements can be a big part of that. It's, it's lifestyle medicine. And there are many sales reps in this field that work for um, companies that produce nutritional supplements or, um, or lab, there are laboratories that do special lab testing. Um, and there are many healthcare practitioners. Every healthcare practitioner is a business owner. And if they're a business owner, they are in sales as well, right? They're reluctant salespeople, many of them, right? Because yeah. they feel the way, the way you do, the way I did. Uh, sales almost feels like a dirty word, right? Especially when you're in the noble profession of healthcare where you want to help people get better. But how can you help them get better if you can't bring them on as a patient? Same with coaching. How can you help your clients to, to realize the, the, the goals that they have in their lives if you can't sign them on as a client? So, that was my goal in writing this book is to help 
those people who are either reluctant salespeople because they're healthcare business, you know, they're business owners, maybe they're coaches, maybe they're health coaches, right? And to help sales reps who are in this field, they're passionate about health and nutrition, but they too may feel reluctant about being that classy, classic, pushy salesperson, right? So that's who I wrote it for. I love that. Well, and even thinking about any leaders, right? The leadership habit audience, we're all in the business of sales, whether we realize it or not. And I just got done teaching a customer service class for Crestcom and even just talking about the importance of the first impressions with sales, like going to emotional intelligence and first impressions, how we were talking about it this morning was the first impressions you make with new employees, like influencing them to want to stay, to want to contribute, to want to be a part of your organization or team. And so even if you might be thinking right now, sales, what do you mean by sales? I think there's two things that we all try to pretend that we're not in the business of customer service and the business of sales. And both of us, or we're all actually in those to some extent, our customers might just look different. What we're trying to influence someone to do might look different. So you wrote heart powered sales. And I'm curious, what, like, what do you think are some of the things that people maybe get wrong? Because this is rooted in emotional intelligence. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening right now that can relate to the pitch slapping that happens on LinkedIn where people are constantly pushing information. I mean, I barely even accept requests anymore because I know that someone's just trying to push information at me that I never wanted. Um, So I'm curious from where you sit, where do you think people are getting it wrong right now? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. People are primarily getting it wrong. You know, like you just said that the pitch slapping that happens continually on LinkedIn, that's offering a solution or service before you've ever determined a need, before you've ever conducted a proper discovery with that prospect. That's the wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is to approach it with an open mind, approach it with curiosity. in my book, I talk about, you know, there's the old axiom, always be closing, right? Oh, yes. ABC, always be closing. <laughs> ABC. <laughs> and when you look at these LinkedIn pitches that immediately happen after connecting, that's kind of an always be closing approach, right? That's wrong. It's old. It's antiquated. The way, the new way to do it that I advocate in my book is number one, always be connecting, To form a connection, you have to have a dialogue, a conversation. You have to be willing to ask questions. When you're asking questions, you're curious. So that's the second ABC. Always be curious. Be curious about whether or not your solution can can help your prospect. First, ask them questions. What are their needs? What are their aspirations? Don't assume that your solution will will meet what they need. So always be curious. And number three, always be classy. Always be classy. When you're immediately reaching out and, you know, pitching someone without any kind of a connection, that's not classy. Um, When you approach someone with a kind of pushy or aggressive, you know, you're going to need this or want this, that's not classy, right? You want to always be approaching things from a place of, um, with uh, detaching emotionally from the sale. Okay. Don't be emotionally attached to making the sale. You can anticipate what a prospect may need, but don't assume that you, that they need what you have. 
all of those th- with all of those things in place, just to pro- approach it with openness and from a spirit of service. How can I serve you? Right. And so when you mentioned a few minutes ago about leadership, that even in leadership, really you're in sales, that we're all in sales. It's all about sales and customer service, no matter what capacity you're operating in. That's really so true. It's really about how can I serve? How can I make your life better? And that's whether you're speaking to a prospect or if you're a leader and you're, you have, you're working with a direct report, how can you make their life better? And when you approach it with that, which is a question, it's not a statement, everything changes. Yes. And you can really start to discover. I love that. So the three things, like the ABCs, instead of always be closing, it's always be connecting, always be curious, and always be classy. And I wish that more people, I remember this is probably for maybe four years ago, I was looking for a new platform on behalf of someone else for a new product or service. And I met this individual that had it. And ultimately the decision makers, which was not me, um, had decided that, you know, they weren't really sure that it was a good fit to meet their needs. But talking about classy, this individual was the opposite of that. And I was so floored. Mm. They had sent me a really aggressive email because they were frustrated that we weren't moving forward or hadn't like progressed the dialogue. And I was shocked that I would actually get an email of that nature of that emotion. And so I heard you say also like taking the emotions out of it, because now this individual, no matter what, I will never refer that company again, ever because I was so floored by how, and we ultimately, you know, may have worked together, but that closed the door forever. I will never work with them because I never, ever want to be treated like that by someone that I should have been their customer. So that would have been my client. And if you're, you know, teaching us this right in the beginning, before we're signing a contract, there's no way that I want to do business with you. I 100%. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. And you hit the nail on the head. You said that they were frustrated, right? So again, emotion keeps coming into play. This is why emotional intelligence is so important. We as sellers have to be so aware of our own emotions, the emotions that we bring to the table. Now we can bring positive emotion into the table. Even with that though, we have to be careful that we're not being overly optimistic, overly excited, putting, having blinders on, right? But certainly when it comes to feeling frustrated, for example, that salesperson should have been able to take a big step back, be aware of what they were feeling and not let that cloud their communications with you or taint their communications with you, right? Being self-aware, being able to manage your own hopes, fears, frustrations, we're only human. Those emotions will come up, but we can't let them taint the relationship with prospects. And and as you said, you know, you you could have down the road maybe been ready to work to work with that with that vendor, but at that point, they had just sealed the deal that that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I, I will never. And I, I hope I never run into them ever again. <laughs> I just couldn't. And I don't, you know, I, yeah, I just was so surprised, I guess mm-hmm. was the biggest thing. And mm-hmm. I am a big person that I'm like, when you show me like who you are, like, I'm going to believe it. I'm not going to assume that there's something else that I'm missing because 
I think that's one of the lessons of life is you have to trust those interactions. And I want to hold space for humanity. Absolutely. But to an extent, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you can talk to someone like that, if I can actually trust you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you think about the starting point in sales of a heart, bar, heart, 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 heart sales, where does that start for you to actually deliver on that, to show up in that way? Mm-hmm. So, so much of it really is taking that moment to become self-aware, um, to ask yourself, kind of check in with yourself. How am I feeling? Um, you know, what are my aspirations for this, uh, for this interaction? And rather than just jumping in, diving into having a conversation, I really important, I, I really believe it's important to drop into your heart. And the, the reason why is because we're, we're very cerebral, right? We, we constantly have logical processes that we're following, which are wonderful. But along with that, we have a lot of thoughts spinning, you know, we're kind of spinning, anticipating what's going to happen in the future, Um, you know, kind of future tripping, whether it's worrying or getting overly excited. So you need to come back to center before you ever speak with your prospects and clients. And so in order to come back to center, I really believe it's extremely helpful to drop into your heart. And what that means is on a very basic level, like close your eyes, take a deep breath, focus on the physical area of your heart and think of someone or something for which you are very grateful, something that you love, activate those feelings of just love and happiness and gratitude. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the prospect or client that you're about to meet with, but just getting into that state of being centered, calm, loving, happy, then you're coming at things from a a much stronger place. And I really believe it's very powerful. It sounds like you can almost position yourself to... Or I guess what I have read, and I don't even know what book this is coming from, but when we can step into gratitude, it can shift our mindset from a place of scarcity or lack to one of abundance, to maybe seeing the potential that's around us. What what would you say to someone that's maybe, you know, going back to in their head? Because I'm I'm this person, right? Before mm-hmm. a sales call. I, before I'm not even thinking about dropping into my heart. I'm thinking about what if I fail? What if this goes wrong? Like how do you even soften those kind of nerves? Is that still the place? Or like, what if you're just not feeling confident? Yeah. You know, and it's so common. We can all have those fears. Yeah. What if it goes terrible? What if I, you know, what if I fail? What, what if you succeed? What if this, what if this is an amazing call, right? We, we should, if, if we're going to entertain those thoughts of, you know, what if it's a disaster, let's also entertain the thoughts of what if this is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But in, in either case, it's projecting too much. It's not in the present. In the present, all you can do, you know, before a sales call, you should already be prepared. And I'm sure that you are, you've done your, you know, you've qualified your prospect. You've done whatever research you can do. You've prepared your questions in advance. And that's a really important process that can follow a very logical sequence of preparation. 
Once you've done that groundwork and you're prepared, you've ta- you've you've got everything written down. Now allow at least a few minutes, if not ten minutes, to just get centered, um, to drop into your heart, because when you're <clears throat> when you've allowed yourself to drop into your heart, there's no room there for fe- for those fearful thoughts of what if I fail, what if I make a mistake. If you're activating feelings of love and gratitude, it kind of crowds out those thoughts. There's no space for those thoughts. The nasty head trash. How do you, like, what is your recommendation? Because if I'm assuming that our listeners might be at varied levels of what they know with sales, I know that I am still a novice when it comes down to, I've heard a few of the things that are popular out there in terms of statements, but going down to the preparation phase, like Mm -hmm. what does that even look like to someone that might be new to this? How, how, what do you, what advice do you give people for really getting that understanding of what they need to go into a meeting and be successful? Yeah. So in terms of getting prepared and doing your research, what you really want to do is put yourself in the shoes of the prospect you're going to speak be speaking with. What possible problems could they be facing? What could their challenges be? What could their aspirations be? Right? So both problems, you know, negative things and positive things. What are they hoping to achieve? So putting yourself in those shoes and anticipating those is an important process important part of being getting prepared for that call, right? Sales is all about providing solutions to what people need. Bottom line, it's super simple, right? Not easy, but simple. It's what do they need and what do they want? That comes down to empathy, putting yourself in their shoes and really understanding what could be going on for them and anticipating. But again, don't assume, right? So if you anticipate that a client of yours may have trouble with generating revenue, you will want to ask questions that lead to that understanding. Is it actually true? Do they actually have trouble with generating revenue or is there a different kind of problem, right? If you assume, then you would simply jump in and say, I've got the best solution for you to generate X, Y, Z, you know, you can't do that. That's just slapping your solution onto them, right? Yeah. So, and that feels terrible to feel like, I don't even want this. What if I'm just being nice to talk to you or yeah, it actually can feel very off-putting or rude when someone makes an assumption about something that you wouldn't actually categorize or even call a problem. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why you can't assume and you can't just jump in with your pitch. Even if you have the best solution in the world, they're not going to want to hear it until they feel that you understand them and hear them, can empathize with where they are, and that you are able to speak to what they need <clears throat> so that the the incredible solution that you're offering is positioned in a way that it, it really reflects and, and meets them where they are. Yes. Not where you want them to be. Yeah, not, where, <laughs> not where you want them to be. Crosshelm is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. 
Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at crestcom.com. So thinking about the lessons, I know we've talked about a few so far in your book. What other lessons do you think are really important for people to know from your book? Mm-hmm. So another, another lesson that I would say is that we all have an incredible capacity for intuition. We all have this skill. It's just a question of whether or not you've developed it and paid attention to it and cultivated it. We all have the capacity for intuition, and this can be an incredible skill in sales and in leadership. Each day, we're confronted with having to make decisions and choices. And sometimes there's a very linear process in coming to a decision. And sometimes we don't have all the data points that we need, and we need to rely on a different source of intelligence. And that's what intuition is. So in your your sales process, you can have a plan for reaching out to so many prospects per day, um, touching base with so many clients per day. But within that, what's going to determine that you choose one prospect over another. You can't call all, tel- all 10 of them simultaneously. Who are you going to call first, right? So with it's within that structure that you can avail yourself of this incredible source of intelligence, which is our intuition. I love that person. Like, I want to know how you kind of developed that because I think it, for some people, they're like, what do you mean? Intuition is still too woo-woo, right? We don't mm-hmm. rely on it. And two, I think, and I've been in this in my business when I was starting out as a coach, I all it took was one client that wasn't a fit for me to never do it again. And I think had I, because I sensed it in my intuition, but I didn't act on it because I was in the mode of, I need to get clients. I have to get clients. This is great. Oh my gosh, someone's willing to invest in my services. That's great. Even though all of the the signs that it wasn't going to be a good fit were there. And ultimately I ended up parting ways with them. And it it was a great lesson for me, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are other people listening to this that still might have that scarcity mindset of like, Mm -hmm. well, I have to get them or else if I don't get these numbers or even the scarcity mindset to fill a position because you need them. And then you might end up making the wrong hire. So what do you like, what do you recommend to be able to really empower or even tap into intuition when it's something that A might be foreign or B we might just feel like, I can't listen to intuition. I just need the numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've all been there. We've all made those bad decisions that, you know, at the time we were logically like, well, I really need this client. I really need this opportunity. I'm going to go with it. But then in hindsight, like you said, you were actually seeing signs and you were feeling an intuitive hit that this wasn't, that this client wasn't going to be a fit. 
So really paying attention to those signs, use those quote unquote disappointing opportunities as opportunities to learn and to understand how your intuition communicates to you. So in the situation that you just, that you just um, brought up, if you reflect on that, you might be able to recall like where in your body did you feel intuition? I'm willing to bet that there was a signal that you, it, 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 the message was kind of, it was either coming from your heart or for your, from your gut. gut. Those are the, <laughs> from your gut. Okay. So yes, that's often where people are feeling those messages. And often it can feel like maybe it's a constricting feeling, like you feel like, like a physical tightening. Um, or if it's a, if there's a positive intuitive hit on, on a, you know, in a, in a different situation, that's a very positive situation, you might feel a warming, expansive kind of feeling, right? So your body kind of connects you to that, those intuitive messages. And again, in reflecting on past experiences, you can kind of know like, oh, right. That's how my intuition was showing up. Those were the signals that I was getting. And so now, you know, for next time, right. And you can learn to listen to that. So it would be like for an exercise for our audience, going back and recalling the times that you had that good feeling and that intuition. And what did you notice was happening in your body or your mind? And then also the flip side, doing what I just did, recalling the time that you're like, I knew it. Maybe it's even with the relationship. There were all the red flags and I just went right past them and waved until I ultimately realized, oh, darn it, I am in the wrong place. But That's going exactly back and right. taking an inventory of that. I love that as a, a beautiful place of not only self-awareness, but just starting to be curious about the other things that you may or may not have noticed were going on at that time. I mean, because intuition is hard for a lot of people because you know, for a variety of reasons, whether, yes. we, why, why do you think it is hard? Actually, I'll put that to you. Why do you think it's hard for some people? Yeah. Um, I came to learn this and realize this more recently because I too, you know, I, I mean, I am very guided by my intuition, but there are many times where I have a hard time accessing it. Here's what I've realized. There are two main things that are going to cloud your intuition. One is your desires. And two is your fears. And so if you can first get in touch with, okay, what do I really wish was the case? And then take it away, almost like a filter from a camera lens. Take off that filter of what you wish would be the case and lay it to the side. Then ask yourself, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid is true? And take that off like a filter from a cam camera lens. Now what you're left with is your in intuition and the, the truth with a capital T. Yeah. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear, right? It, it, when, when, you know, when Jen, when you really wanted that client, what you really wished was true is that this client was a fit for you. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. I like that you're disseminating the difference between our truth, the stories that we write in our mind and the truth of what is actually happening. Yes. Because again, a lot of people, I mean, I know it, it's easy before I even got into, you know, coaching, gosh, way too long ago. Um, I, I used to be that person that would really kind of think like, oh, well, if I think it, it must be true. So, mm -hmm. you know, as a perfectionist, it would have been 
well, if I, you know, guided by I'm not good enough, well, that has to be true, right? Because I think it, and I don't, you know, I, I, there are a lot of people that may not realize that level of control within their thoughts of challenging that. I think that's an awesome point. Mm -hmm. So true. It's, it's so, yeah. If I think it, therefore it must be true. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's all the evidence I need. It's like, well, I can think I'm a millionaire and I'm not, but why do I hold everything else in the same way? You know, I can understand rationality with that. Well, no, I'm not. So why can't I test that too? Like I'm not yes. worthless. I'm not blank. Yes. You know, the last thing I want to like kind of talk about is like the structure of sales, because if you're even into this, do you have any tips and techniques around structure, what people could be doing, how they should be approaching their process? They drop into the heart, you know, applying the ABCs in terms of the attitude, mm-hmm. getting into their emotions and intuition. Then what do they do with all, like, once they're there, what's the action steps that they take? Mm-hmm. So the action steps are so important as well. And so, you know, first you just want to be clear on what are, um, you know, what are the most, uh, most effective actions that you can take that are really going to move the needle in your business and, and in your sales, right? So you want to create a business plan. And your business plan does not have to be super complex. In fact, I think it's better if it all fits onto one page. And in, yes, and in that one page, it should only include things that A, are going to move the needle for you and your sales, and B, things that you'll actually do, (laughs) right? Can we talk about that? Yes. That is a big one within entrepreneur land or even when we're setting strategic plans in general. It's yeah, I can think about a million things that are great that maybe another coach or speaker is doing or another organization or consultant or whatever that might be. Doesn't mean they're right for me. Yes. Why do people pursue that? I mean, why why do we do the stuff that we know we actually hate? <laughs> it's a really good question. And, you know, and, and because we, we see that it's working for other people. So we think, therefore, it must work for me. But if it doesn't align with who you are and what you love, you're going to put up so much resistance to it. And so it's not going to work, uh, you know, so the, the, the most effective strategy that you can take is the one that you'll actually do and do consistently. Don't just do it once or twice and then kind of give up or kind of, you know, get shiny object syndrome and go on to the next thing. Consistency is key when it comes to sales and leadership and, you know, business in general, right? Consistency is key. And so identifying, okay, how many prospects am I going to contact each day, each week? How many sales meetings am I going to aim to have? You know, out of all the sales meetings that I have, how many actually convert into paying clients? Make those calculations. Get really comfortable with the numbers because once you have the numbers in place of, oh, okay, looks like in order to secure two new clients, I need to have, you know, six outreach calls, whatever it is, follow that process, put that in place, make that your weekly action step and your weekly goals. Your goals should be something that you can control. You can control how many prospects you reach out to. You cannot control how much revenue you bring in. You can aim for it, but you can't actually control it. So what about, I want to ask one, I know that we're going to be wrapping up soon, but the piece that I I know consistency is so important. 
But what about when rejection happens? Because it is hard to be resilient. And then Mm. I think that can disrupt. I'll just speak for myself that when rejection happens, that's when I typically will kind of be like, okay, stop my efforts, maybe give up momentarily, just be discouraged. How do you like, what type of advice do you have for people that might feel like, I love this. And then all of a sudden you get the big no and you're like, why do I even try? Oh, it can be so hard and so deflating. And, you know, I'm very sensitive and I used to take rejection so hard. (laughs) Um, Being in sales has actually been a gift because I've learned to, uh, to take rejection in a much different way. So to answer your question, the first thing is, yeah, it's disappointing and deflating, honestly. And you can allow yourself 30 minutes to feel sorry for yourself if you want, you know, and to feel bad and to just kind of sit with that disappointment because it is disappointing. But then what you have to remind yourself of is it's not about you. It's not about you. It's that what you had to offer wasn't right for that client at that time, or they have other concerns and priorities that are much bigger than what was discussed with you. There could be a million different things going on. It's not about you when you're being rejected, just like making the sale is not about you. It's about what is going to best serve that client. Yes. I love that. It's not about you. Robin, what would be any final thoughts that you feel like we maybe missed or that you would want to share with our audience? Hmm. You know, um, I think what I would like to say is that we're really moving into a new era of business, a new way of doing things, right? And this is an exciting time to be in leadership, to be in sales, because it's a it's becoming more inclusive. There's much more emphasis on empath- empathy and understanding and service. And this is where we want to be. We want to be in a world where a rising tide lifts all boats, where the work that you do complements the work that I do, you know, where it's not about competition. It's about um, it's, it's about everyone being in it together and understanding one another, bringing more understanding into the world, really. That's what it's about, is just bringing more understanding into the world and meeting people where they're at. I love that. Yeah. Placing them. Robin, I took away so much from what you had said. I still love the ABCs are not the always be closing, but always be connecting, um, curious and classy. That one I think is just always going to stick with me because it's just a really nice reminder of how to show up. But then of course, not taking it personal, remembering that even in the sales process or the rejection process, that it's not about you and you get to write that truth. So write the one that's going to be productive. Robin, where can people go and get your book? Mm, Yes. Thank you. This has been such a joy. So to get my book, um, people can go to Amazon. My book is on Amazon. It's heart powered sales, heart powered. There's a hyphen between it, heart powered sales. Um, You can also go to my website, which is robintreasure.com, Robin with an I, and you can learn more about my book there and my, my coaching services as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for giving your, I love it, example of servant-based leadership, your service, your knowledge, and your time to us. We are very grateful for it. Thank you for joining us on The Leadership Habit. Thank you so much. It's been a real joy. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. If you want to get to know more about Robin, you can head on over to her website, robintreasure.com. You can also find her book, Heart Powered Sales, on Amazon. And you can also connect with it and find it on her website. Now, of course, if you know someone that could benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And of course, if Presscom can help you with any of your leadership development needs, whether it's improving your communication, developing your confidence, head on over to Crestcom.com and find out how we can offer you a two-hour complimentary leadership skills workshop. Until next time, 